Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio Nation. It is Friday, and you are tuned into page one. And good evening to you from wherever you are. Hopefully, you have begun your holiday weekend uh, peacefully. Uh, I wouldn't say soundly because uh, no, just seconds before I was coming on, I already started to hear fireworks. <laughs> And I am LaVar, who I'm here in the Midwest and, of course, out on the West, my wonderful friend Mary. How are you? I'm good. We don't have fireworks yet because it's still light out. Ah, still light out. Hmm. Still light out. I mean, that has not stopped some people, though. Oh, around here it goes. Come on now. Too hot. I mean, if you've got, like, the M80s, I mean, you... That you don't need nighttime for that. <laughs> I guess not. If one can get M80s from somewhere <laughs> here out that way. I'm sure they can out by the Indian reservations and stuff. And people have been, I wouldn't know where to get illegal things. Come on. <laughs> no, never. Never, not us. Um, but we're glad to be back with you here this week. A uh, few things to cover. Uh, but... I will say, uh, this Friday night going into tomorrow, of course tomorrow is the uh, 4th of July, uh, kind of a different 4th of July this year. Uh, I think generally, I'm going to be interested to see how tomorrow goes for a lot of people, because generally it's a day in which you're either headed to somebody's house, or you are planning to go and watch fireworks from somewhere. But this year, of course, due to that wonderful roommate that refuses to go home, COVID, um, we are having to change pretty much how we have done things, especially for just 365 days ago. This was an unknown. Nobody's never heard of this thing. And now we are entirely changing how we celebrate or do holidays. Um, so as for you, I mean, have you heard a lot of people who have traditionally done things one way, had to change it up now, or is pretty much scrapped to everything and pretty much is, like, at home? I, I mean, yes and no. I know that with Henderson, um, out here, Las Vegas, the Valley area, they had already planned a lot of their fireworks shows, made payments, done what they needed to do um, for the fireworks shows in the area um, before the governor changed the maps and uh, continued phase two um, for Nevada. Um, because of one major fireworks show for each city in the valley, 
um, mm-hmm. they're actually having like multiple fireworks shows, uh, four or five shows in different areas so that they can reduce the crowd numbers so that the gathering numbers are smaller than if they had been um, one big show and then they're, they've worked with like the radio station to have music so if you're watching it in your car you can tune in with music and it's supposed to be timed out it's, it's an interesting change I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious I'm curious to see how that works out with us um, because if it, if it works out great I would rather keep that I, I hate crowds I'd rather sit on the outside of the crowd and and be the first one away and you know if I could sit on my front porch and watch it from there I would kind of thing I, I am a the smaller the crowd the better it's two people lay out as it is hmm. gotcha but I heard Chicago has canceled their fireworks show we did we have canceled our fireworks actually a lot of things have been canceled here uh, anything that pretty much was going on throughout the summer or even up until Labor Day uh, has been Fireworks, which is traditionally here at Navy Pier in Chicago. Taste of Chicago, which a lot of people know about, has been canceled. Air and Water Show, Lollapalooza, uh, has been canceled this year. Uh, so downtown Chicago, pretty much in it, more or less like a ghost town. Uh, we have begun stage four, where restaurants uh, and uh, certain businesses are opening back up but they are under a very uh, intense scrutiny by the city because they don't want to go two steps back like other states. And with the city, they also uh, just yesterday evening uh, have now enforced where if you are coming from the states that pretty much have seen an uptick in COVID cases, including your wonderful state of Nevada where I will be in a few weeks, uh, if you are coming into Chicago, it is your final destination. They are asking that you uh, actually have to do a 14-day quarantine. So uh, it is not, it's nothing new. Uh, other states have done this with hot spots. Uh, the one thing here is that Chicago is doing it with a lot of states in which it has seen, like, huge upticks out of Texas, Florida, uh, Arizona, so you name it, uh, the states, California, the states that have seen high-end amounts. Uh, if you were coming here to Chicago, and this is why it's so important, I guess, to read and look into uh, your uh, traveling cities, because now that is what they're asking you to do. So, uh, way different than a year ago, and um, yeah, and this is where we are. So, um, so basically all the fun is gone for Chicago. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, <laughs> in a small way, I'm kind of looking forward to at least, I guess, baseball at some uh, respite because there's nothing going on. Uh, the casinos have opened back up uh, as of today and yesterday. Some of the museums have opened back up and the zoos have opened back up. So you can go back to those, but granted, it is at less capacity than what you are used to. Uh, so at least those places of entertainment have opened back up. But, uh, you know, Chicago is a town that thrives on athletic events happening, concerts happening, plays happening, you know, uh, a lot of uh, 
different events. And in this case, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it feels weird. And I, and I will tell you, as a Chicagoan, you know, it just it you're used to this time of summer, a lot of stuff going on and happening, but fact pretty much is either uh, canceled or not going on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it feels weird. And I and I, I get it. People are chomping uh, at the pit to do something. But unfortunately, you know, it is best that we continue to do what we have to do in regards to, uh, And I give kudos to our local government officials because they waited a long, long time before going into that next when people were trying to force them to get through that next phase way back in, like, April and May. They held tight and they said, nope, not doing this. And even through court cases and everything else, uh, they pretty much held to their beliefs. And now, because of that, right now, knock on wood, and I'm actually going to actually knock on wood, uh, things are not as bad as what the other states are seeing. So, yeah. But if you are at home, uh, one hot thing tonight that is going on, which quite a few people, and I'm pretty sure people who are listening to this broadcast uh, know at least someone, that is Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton arriving on Disney Plus today. Uh, And I know we have a first-hand account because I know that you, uh, have watched it, and what is your review? Okay, okay. so my review of the musical itself, or my review of the Disney Plus version, the movie. Oh, no, the Disney okay. Plus version. Okay. It's very, it's very well done. Um, I enjoyed it. There were some things that were missed along the way um, because you're not in the theater and you're missing some of the. Um, background and some of the, um, like the chorus line that's the supporting cast and some of the changes that happen in the background, but they did a really good job of capturing the feel of it. They did a really good job of getting in and doing some intimate moments that you wouldn't normally be able to see in a standard musical setting. And then if you're lucky enough, like I was, to have somebody that's never seen or heard anything about the musical before with you at the time, this is probably the best way of doing it because you can absolutely pause and be like, okay, here you go. Like, this is what's going on. Did you catch all this or did you do all that? And then you can go back and be like, hey, what have you. Um, There's rewinding. You could do all of that, so that's great. Um, But just watching it straight through, absolutely enjoyed the musical. But I enjoyed the musical when I saw it in the theater. God, has that been two years now? Two years ago, um, just phenomenal. I am a huge fan. I'm a huge Hamilton fan to begin with, and so I cannot sing the phrases enough. Um, but I will say that the person that I got to watch it with that never saw it before thought it was really good too. So on top of my I'm a fan girl, absolutely enjoy it, and I would love anything that came out with the original cast anyway, we got a very positive it was a really good showing for someone who's never heard of, like, heard the music beforehand, never listened to the soundtrack, never been part of that phenomenon that was happening a few years ago. Um, 
that was the, this juggernaut Hamilton. So really well done. I would suggest it to anyone. Um, it's for everyone, even people that are not big into musicals. Um, just, it's, it's really good. And the timing of it was perfect with it being the fourth tomorrow, talking about our independence, talking about our history, talking about just the start of this fledgling company, you know, country, talking about all of that on top of everything else. It was just really well, it was really well-timed, well done, bravo, can't sing enough phrases. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> no, no, I, and we're going to, later this evening, we'll get across some of the trending Twitter topics, but I, I'm actually going to dip into it now because, of course, it's the number one trending thing. Um, some of the tweets that I am seeing here, uh, one person says, I want to watch Hamilton, but I need to borrow a family that doesn't know the words. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, that was the toughest thing ever, not to sing along. Uh, and then uh, one other person said, uh, kids asleep. Wow, that is really fun to watch Hamilton a la 2016. Makes me excited to see it again live one day to feel the electricity. Uh, one person said they spent all day watching it. Uh, another person said that they were today years old when they learned that Renee Elise Goldsberry, who plays Angelica from Hamilton, is 49. Um, and then... Uh, uh, they were talking about particular different uh, songs within that, and then uh, yeah, uh, it's a lot of great reviews here. Um, oh yeah. Hmm. Uh, oh Lord, I- I'm not. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, and then one person here said. Not going to stream Hamilton because I got to experience it as it was meant to be experienced live at a matinee in New York City, drinking Chardonnay out of a collector cup, immersed in the splendor of tweens and their parents, wondering what the creepy alone adult was doing there. (laughs) Um, Oh, my goodness. You know what, though? There's also you don't have to fight the rush in the bathroom during the uh, intermission. mm Mm-hmm. And then... uh, some people talking about the best songs in Hamilton, which they thought were the best songs in Hamilton. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of people tweeting about that this evening. So that is pretty much the number one uh, most tweeted thing right now tonight. Um, so I had a few stories for this week. And uh, I guess, you know, we always have our serious stories. Then we have our funny stories and the weird stories that pretty much just go all the way out. But... Um, I guess I'll start with the serious one first because the other two were pretty much uh, but this was an interesting one that I kind of read and, and, and it, I know some things, it, this is not a political show so don't call me about it but uh, it's something that was actually pretty interesting I thought because it was uh, it's something that we've always talked about, about the importance because we always talk about the importance of an education so recently uh, a college degree will no longer give Americans a leg up when seeking some jobs with the federal government. Uh, President Trump signed executive order last week that will overhaul the government's hiring practices so that a job applicant's skills will be given priority over a college degree. 
Administration officials say that the shift will allow the government to hire a more inclusive workforce based on skill instead of a person's education level. Quote, this will ensure that we're able to hire based on talent and expand our universe to qualified candidates and ensure a more equitable hiring process. Uh, this is what Ivanka Trump told reporters on last Friday. Uh, she is the co-chair of the American Workforce Policy Advisory Board, which was created in 2018 and tasked with recommending ways to improve job training. Uh, the president signed the order during the board's meeting on Friday. Uh, he said that the federal government would no longer be narrowly focused on where you went to school, but the skills and talents that you bring to the job. Uh, of course, the federal government is the nation's largest employer with 2.1 million civilian workers. Uh, so my question here, I said that the shift in hiring protocols will recognize the value of learning regardless of whether it occurs on the job or in the classroom and that the government is not eliminating the college requirement entirely, but instead will stress skills and jobs where having a degree is less important. Two-thirds of Americans do not have a college degree. Uh, while a college degree or college or graduate degree is necessary to work in many occupations, but the need for educational uh, credentials is less than many other fields. So my question here is that for years, our parents always stressed about the importance of our education, continuing our education, going to college, and now we have a situation, especially where the largest workforce, which of course, as we said, is uh, government positions, is now kind of taking that stress off uh, a little bit of placing more of an emphasis on skills. But does this kind of, in a way, uh, kind of be careful with the question here. This is kind of in a way cheapen the degree process and pretty much puts people more towards saying, hey, you know what? The government's now saying, I don't really need a degree. I'm going to just skip college, start working somewhere early, gain those skills, and then go to work. Or should people still do the traditional role of going to school? Yes. Oh, that's not the answer? No. Um, all right, so I actually have to come up with more than that. Um, yeah, I, I get where you're going. Um, the, the, the issue we're coming up against are, and I, and I understand where, where they're trying to head with it, I guess. Like, I understand the end, like, where the end goal is. I see the end zone on this one, and I know I'm using sports talk right now because I'm a sport. Um, but, I do see where they're trying to get to. Um, There are some jobs within the government sphere. So maintenance positions, parks and rec, um, positions that don't necessarily require, I'm sorry, I don't need a college degree to run a street sweeper. I'm not saying that it's not important. It's absolutely important. And like my dad always said, everybody needs a ditch digger. It doesn't mean that they're saying no one needs a degree or that we're only hiring people with all the skills. What they're saying is we're looking at more than just the college degree. And I like that. It's important to know what your end goal is, though, as a person. And this is what I stress to the young people I talk to all the time. Like, I'm not against trade school. 
I'm not against going out and getting into the workforce and gaining that experience. I'm not against joining the military and getting that experience. Those are equally as important and equally as productive and equally as successful as going to a two, four, six, eight, twelve-year degree, whatever you decide to do. If that's where your goal is, it doesn't make sense for you to go four years into a college degree to be a street sweeper. If all you are going to do, and that's what you want to do for the rest of your life, is sit behind a, a steering wheel and clean streets. If that is what you want to do. So I, I'm glad that they are looking at people who don't have degrees and who are going more towards skills. My only worry, and which when I see things like that, I, I think more towards, and I guess people have to understand, because at the end of the day, if Say, for example, you are at a company, and we'll, in this particular company, uh, if you are looking to go higher up, your ceiling might only be so high because you don't have that degree. So is it really kind of leading people along a primrose path in some aspects? Because if they get in and then they think that, hey, I put in my time, so I should be able to jump to maybe another position, but if that other position that you might have a little bit of skill in requires then a degree and they are going to probably hire somebody ahead of you that has said degree, uh, do you feel that something like that could potentially happen? It does now. It does now. I have a degree and people are hired above me or before me in areas where I do have the experience, where I feel like my degree would be beneficial, but because I don't have the degree that says government relations or, or public speaking or whatever the degree is for whatever job that I get passed over because somebody else does have that degree. It happens now. Um, what I hope, and again, this is, this is a hope, like, not everything runs according to plan, but what I hope is that when they're looking at skills like that and people do come in, that they do offer and continue to offer ways for someone to obtain degrees to give them the opportunity to do that. And, okay, so it takes you a little bit longer to get that degree in business administration but while you're getting that degree in business administration, you're also getting four years worth of um, experience at a governmental position that will help you move with that four-year degree and being at the company and putting in the time to get you to the place where you want to be. It always comes back to the individual. And I think that's where, 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 um, where I'm trying to be is it's back on the individual. Each individual person needs to keep in mind what their goal is. If my goal is to help people in a social work environment kind of thing, then me getting a degree in underwater basket weaving is not going to get me to where I want to be. And I understand, again, being somebody that has a degree, I understand completely not knowing what you want to do. 
Like, mm-hmm. honestly, had I known 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that I could blow stuff up and get paid for it and not get arrested, I would have been on that boat the minute I found that out. Instead, I went into some college degree. I got a college degree in something that I currently, other than I use the skills I got from the degree, I don't use. Am I mad about that? Absolutely not. It was worth it. I gained a lot of skills in the process of getting that degree. On top of that degree taught me what I needed to do for that job, and those skills translate to a lot of different jobs. My degree is in teaching. So it taught me how to talk. It taught me how to write. It taught me how to to be part of a group. It taught me how to listen. It taught me how to teach other people, so training and that kind of thing. Those are skills that I can translate into my current career. But yeah, I get it. I get not knowing what you want to do, but I also think that there's a there's a point where skill needs to be people get a degree and expect to be able to make six figures. And I'm sorry, no offense, but at some point you have to do the job. And doing the job is so much different than being in a course where they teach you about the job. I know a lot of uh, younger folks, and I, and I hate putting the uh, the spotlight on them, but I know a lot who uh, who even come out of high school and feel that they should be making a lot of money per hour, but uh, no, it doesn't happen that way. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, so interesting thing there. Um, I'm interested to see where this goes and if it happens across other jobs eventually, um especially in this post-COVID world where uh, employment at some point will change or the necessities of it will change, but going to be interested to see how that goes. Uh, this next story, uh, and by the way, for those of you listening, this is page one, I'm LeVar, that's Mary. Uh, I will actually have, it's funny that this story came up, because I'm going to put a little bit of a backstory to this, because it was something personal that happened to me this week. Uh, before we even go into the story, I kid you not, I was at the grocery store this week, and I went out to my car with my groceries, and I decided to put them in on the pasture side. Uh, and as I was doing that, the lady that was parked next to me, uh, who was parked extremely close next to me, decided to put groceries in her car from her pasture side. So, of course, at that moment, I couldn't get over to my driver's side. And so I decided to kind of like mill around a little bit on the pasture side, continue to put my groceries in and kind of straighten them out and so I can get ready to take them out when I get home. And as I'm doing this, I hear the car start, and she backs out, and she pulls off. And thinking to myself, I was like, wow, this lady... It was really quick because I really wasn't paying attention to her. And as I come around on the side of my vehicle, there right next to my car is the shopping cart. She left it right there. So you can imagine how PO'd I was. She was still kind of at the end of the, uh, the aisle there as she had drove off, and I took the shopping cart, walked out in the middle of this aisle, 
stared her down. I'm pretty sure she saw me because the shopping corral to return it was no more than right across the way on the opposite side of this parking uh, structure. So with that comes a story. Uh, There is a scientific research done on the reason that some people never return shopping carts. I'm going to ask you before I do this story, are you guilty of such a thing? Do you not return shopping carts, or do you return them? I always return them to either a corral or the store. Always. Thank Every you. time. Because I hate when they're, when they're out in the parking lot. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I kid you not, uh, it says on the spectrum of abhorrent behavior, Leaving a shopping cart in the middle of a parking space doesn't quite rise to the level of homicide, but poor cart etiquette is nonetheless a breakdown of the social fabric, one in which some consumers express little regard for others by failing to return a cart to its proper place. Why does this happen? In a piece for Scientific American, Crystal DaCosta explained that some plausible reasons why shoppers avoid the cart receptacle. It might be too far from where they park. They might have a child that makes returning it difficult. Uh, the weather might be bad, or they might have physical limitations that make returning it challenging. Ultimately, they may simply believe it's the job of the supermarket or store employee to fetch their cart. Uh, according to her, cart returners might be motivated by social pressure. They feel a disapproving glance from others or precedent. If no other carts have been tossed aside, they don't want to be the first. People who are goal-driven aren't necessarily concerned with such factors. Their desire to get home remain with their child, or stay dry, override societal guidelines. Ignoring those norms if a person feels they're not alone in doing so was examined in a study published in the journal Science in 2008. In the experiment, researchers observed two alleys where bicycles were parked. Both alleys had signs posted prohibiting graffiti. Despite the sign, one of them had markings on the surfaces. Researchers then struck a, uh, stuck a flyer to the bicycle handle to see how the riders would uh, react. In the alley with graffiti, 69% threw it aside or stuck it on another bicycle. In the alley with no graffiti, only 33% of the subjects littered. The reason? People might be more likely to abandon social order if the environment surrounding them is already exhibiting signs of neglect. In another experiment, researchers performed the flyer trial with a parking lot that had carts organized and carts scattered around at separate times. When carts were everywhere, 58% of the people left the flyers on the ground compared to 30% when the carts were cared for. So pretty much in this study, uh, a lot of people uh, following her first piece to state that they didn't return carts in order to keep the store workers busy and gainfully employed, ignoring the fact that the primary function of those staff members is pretty much to get the carts from the receptacle going back to the store uh, until, I guess, returning carts becomes universally accepted behavior. Random carts will always remain a fixture of parking lots. And I have seen, whereas, especially in Walmart parking lots, I feel really bad for, for those workers because Walmart's already busy. And I have seen it got to the point now of where, you know, the little islands where there's like a tree or where there might be like some little rock formation or something there in the parking lot. People will now park it. They'll pop the wheelie park it there so it doesn't like roll off anywhere. And I'm like, if you've done that much energy to put your cart over there, you 
probably could have walked it through a corral. So I don't know. Do we add more corrals, or do do we just? uh, I I don't know. No, just make people put the carts back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, There should be. uh, Well, here's the thing. Uh, There's an Aldi's out in Midwest. Mm-hmm. And I know this used to be the same way with the food for less out here. You had to pay a quarter for your cart. The only way you, you know got what? your quarter back was to put it away. Lately, people Those have gotten got more put away with that. I've seen carts left at Aldi. People don't care about the quarter. Well, then you got a free cart, dude. And I a know. free quarter. I know. So I was like, are you that lazy that you don't want to return the cart for your quarter? Do we need to start charging higher so that people have an incentive to return their cart? Yeah, make it be the dollar coin thing. <laughs> do they still make those? I don't know if they still make those. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've never, ever seen, and it's gotten, it seems worse now in this COVID era because people just leave carts everywhere. They don't, they, they don't care. And I was like, I've seen people leave it in the spot where they had parked their car. <laughs> like I said, the lady the other day left it right there next to my vehicle, didn't even care, and it was right across the way. All she, had, she could have even pushed the cart, and it would have went into the corral. That's how lazy she was. And, and I just could not fathom it. And it's gotten worse, it seems, as we go along here. And I was like, and especially when it's windy. You wouldn't want anybody to leave a cart out and have said cart hit your car because chances are it's going to, uh, you know, do that. But, yeah, so I don't know. But, um, yeah, that was my, uh, that's my take on the whole thing. So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, I know for sure uh, for everyone tonight, I know uh, – uh, we're normally here with you on Friday nights, but uh, I just wanted to at least uh, make sure that uh, my friend was here for at least the first part of this show, and I do know that uh, you are uh, extremely busy out there on the West. So for now, for you, I am going to say, if, unless you have any shout-outs, uh, <laughs> a wonderful good evening to you. Oh, thank you. No, I don't have any shout-outs. Well, I guess I do um, to all the uh, servicemen and women that are out there. Uh, happy Fourth. Um, I hope everybody is has a safe and happy Fourth of July. If they get a chance to watch Hamilton, please do. Let me know. Tweet it at me. I mean, seriously, I'd love to hear opinions. Um, but, yeah, I do have to cut out early tonight. I do apologize, but I'll miss everyone until next week. All right. So, no. A wonderful good evening to you, my friend. And up next, we're going to do uh, our trending Twitter topic. So we'll take a quick look at that. And uh, then we have one more story uh, kind of going on tonight before we let you guys go for the holiday weekend and you all can go and enjoy your barbecue. But uh, taking a look quickly at some of the trending Twitter topics, and especially we talked about Hamilton tonight, which was already trending, um, and then uh, also Mount Rushmore, because that's where the president is at tonight. Uh, also, uh, one last time is trending, of course, that's in Hamilton. Uh, a lot of stuff 
Hamilton is pretty much uh, trending tonight. Um, and uh, if you are on there, definitely, uh, if you have it, I, you know, I haven't watched it. That's the thing. I, I really haven't. And I guess now I'm kind of intrigued and I want to actually see it. So eventually I probably will. Maybe I'll have my own review for you here. Uh, SmackDown is also trending tonight. Of course, it's Friday night. That's always going to be trending. Happy 4th. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything that is from Hamilton is trending tonight. Uh, also, uh, a few celebrities, it seems here lately, uh, have come down with COVID. Amongst those, uh, the model uh, Shanna Mokler uh, has come down with it. So hopefully uh, best wishes to her. Uh, hopefully she'll be okay. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, pretty much the trending topics here tonight as far as Twitter. Uh, but we did have those things for you tonight, and like I said, we at least want to come to you uh, at least on this abbreviated show uh, on this Friday night where we are here every Friday. Of course, you can catch us or the main show page at News Comment BTR on Twitter we want to know what you think. If you have things that we should be talking about or topics of interest or things that you want to hear more on the show, definitely let us know. Uh, we'll always go around, and we will be more than happy to pretty much kind of uh, uh, acquiesce, and maybe we might have you on. So, yeah, if you're uh, listening and you always want to call in, you can always call us in, uh, and then we can talk with you about it. Um, also, one of the other things that uh, – I was looking at here. I'll actually hold off on this one until next week because it's actually a very uh, interesting article, uh, which is about relationships pretty much in this post-COVID world. Um, and then uh, one of the other things that we'll probably talk about here with sports coming up more so in the next few weeks is the return of baseball. And I think we talked about it a little bit last week on if you would actually return because there is some talk now about people who may be going back to games. Baseball may be allowing some people. Football may be allowing some people. So would you actually go back if those games didn't allow you? Uh, I have a very odd feeling that season ticket holders will probably get first shot at that before us regular Joes have a chance to go in. Uh, but there was also another interesting article coming out this weekend uh, ranking the four major sports commissioners. Who was best and who was worse? Uh, this coming from uh, John Healy of Radio.com and part of 670 The Score here in Chicago. Uh, but they had a ranking, and coming in at number four, uh, the worst, Rob Manfred, MLB commissioner, uh, pretty much up until 2019. Uh, he pretty much torpedoed his way to the bottom of that list. Of course, his first fatal mistake came back in January with the punishment for the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal. And the players didn't face any discipline whatsoever. Some players were granted immunity. Uh, many fans and other players around the league felt that it was either too generous or that the Astros should have been stripped of its 2017 World Series title. Uh, and then the current situation with how he's handled uh, – pretty much trying to get baseball to come back. Uh, he's kind of dropped the ball on some of these things. And an upcoming labor dispute is not helping 
a lot here. Uh, coming in at number three, Roger Goodell. Uh, the reason why he is pretty much next to last on this one was because of the way that he uh, handled the 2011 lockout in the CBA. Uh, and also, too, uh, the New Orleans Saints during Bounty Gate, uh, where the players involved appealed their punishment and had it overturned by his predecessor, uh, and how he botched the handling of the Ray Rice domestic violence incident, and Deflate Gate, and with Colin Kaepernick, uh, and then his response to head injuries and the link between CTE and football, football which he downplayed throughout his tenure. Uh, number two, Gary Bettman, who I know a lot of hockey fans would probably say is number five out of four. Uh, but he's the longest tenure commissioner of all the four major sports. And he comes in at number two by default. Uh, with a lot of the teams that have moved around from Quebec becoming Colorado, Winnipeg going to Phoenix, and him relocating teams and markets and non-traditional hockey markets it did not help. The most glaring problem with him has been his failure to keep labor peace. There have been three lockouts since he's taken over as commissioner in uh, 2004. Uh, and number one, the best commissioner is Adam Silver. Uh, how he handled the Donald Sterling situation uh, and then pretty much uh, continuing to grow the game globally. And while he's viewed mostly through a positive lens, he still faces some challenges ahead, uh, which may ultimately define his legacy pretty much with tanking, how that's become a big, huge issue, and uh, how the league returns from this uh, situation right now with COVID. So a lot of things with that, but uh, definitely good read uh, if you're able to find the article. But those are pretty much the things tonight on this uh, holiday or shortened holiday edition of the show. Uh, And like I said, we do invite you to join us every Friday night, and we do hope that uh, all of you, uh, have a wonderful holiday weekend. Um, I know that generally uh, in regards to this show, uh, we're here with you for an hour, but tonight a little bit short in time so that you'll have a chance to go and prepare your uh, feast or unless you are enjoying your 4th of July uh, holiday plans already. So we're not going to take up all of your time tonight, but definitely thank you so much for joining us on behalf of Mary. I am LeVar. Uh, This is page one. And um, definitely, as we always say, uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, Without you, there is no us. Uh, And uh, we will see you, hopefully, next Friday night. Thanks a lot, everybody. (laughs) 